Welcome to the District Creatives Radio Show, a place where DC creatives meet to discuss arts, entertainment, and the creative economy. Listen as DC creatives share the work and content they provide in this city, discuss the joys and pains of pursuing their passion, resources for district creatives, and balancing their passion projects with their paycheck. Now, here's your host, district creative, Savvy Sharice. Welcome to the District Creators Radio Show. I'm your host, Savvy Sharice, and I'm very excited to welcome today's guest, Mr. Marcus Isaiah, who is the creator of All Hail the Creatives LLC, the founder of Squeeze and Black of the Berry, a dancer and choreographer, a creative director, and a graduate of the Virginia Commonwealth University with his bachelor's in fine arts. Marcus, welcome to the show. Hi, Sharice. Thank you for having me. Hey, baby. Hi. Thank you for being here. You are like one of my favorite people to talk to in the creative space. And it has been such a long time since we have been able to connect due to the pandemic and all the other things that have been blocking our creativity. But baby, we back. We back. And we better. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk about all things creative and all hail the creatives today. So thank you for being a special guest on today's show. Yes, no problem. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to share space with you. So let's do it. Yes. So tell us about all hail the creatives. So all hell the creatives started off with just like a bunch of my friends getting together, creating um, concepts together, just ideas, sharing space on uh, just trying to do something new as a collective. So I took the idea um, and just started to like branch in collaboration with fellow creatives and dancers and photographers and graphic designers. So it's become like a movement of creatives just gearing towards the same goal. I love that. So it's like a create. It's it's what it is. A creative collective. Yeah, it's pretty much a creative collective, very much about the community, cultivating together, making mindful moments and uh, visionary experiences all on one accord. Okay, so tell us about some of the visionary experiences. And it's a heavy pun on visionary, right? And we're going to talk about vision in in depth throughout this interview. But tell us about um, your visionary events. Okay, some of my visionary events, of course, we have Squeeze the Vision Board Soiree, which is an event uh, surrounding around vision boarding and the manifestation and the power of taking ideas, squeezing it just like a lemon to bring it into fruition. So that's one. And then my newest venture, The Black of the Berry is an event curated for Black-owned businesses and entrepreneurs to circulate the Black dollar around the Black community. And congratulations to you. I know you have pulled off several of both of those events, Black of the Berry and Squeeze, and each year since the inception of you creating those events, they've gotten bigger and bigger. Can you take us inside um, your most recent Black of the Berry event and what do people experience and tell us, you know, about the venue and how you really set the mood? Because all of the events that I have attended that you 
you have curated is always a vibe. It's always a mood. It's always a theme. So for those who have never had a Marcus Isaiah experience, an all hail the creatives experience, take us inside Black or the Berry. Okay, so me, I'm all about the visual. I'm all about energy. I'm all about collaboration and just being around good people, man. Like I'm all about those things and creating a vibe takes a lot of work, (laughs) believe it or not. Like my energy itself is one thing, but to create an experience and vibe for a lot of people takes a lot of collaboration with other artists, um, a lot of intention and planning uh, prior to the event happening and also just allowing things to fall as they may. Yes. So the most recent event happened at the Gathering Spot, a beautiful uh, creative space for Black creatives right on our street in D.C. And just amazing um, coordinators. They really helped me um, execute and plan this pop-up event with all the lighting that happened in there. The DJ popping. She did an amazing job. All the vendors. um, I had 13 vendors all amazing, all completely different artists or completely different entrepreneurs, drinks and shea butters and merchandise, butters and soaps. Even someone was pitching to me about Black-owned cleaning supplies. So it's just a really great event that honestly helps um, increase the network for our Black families. So I love giving back to our community, making sure everybody understands that this is about family and the elevation of our Black families. So I think that within itself creates a vibe already. That is definitely a vibe. Yeah. Definitely a vibe. Anything that's about uplifting the community, about circulating the Black dollar, about allowing people to be compensated for their creativity is always a vibe. Yeah, for sure. So, and I like my events to feel like a party because one thing that people like to do, and I'm definitely going to say Black people, we like to celebrate. So anytime anything feels like a cookout or a party or (laughs) event, something you got to get dressed up for, something that's going to make a statement and make people stand out, you know, we're all about that. So that in itself, celebration is also something that is very inspiring to me and helps me cultivate and curate my events. Yes, because I mean, honestly, every day is a celebration. Every day life, is a celebration. We're life is celebration. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I'm always ready to clink my glass, okay? Because. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, in that vein, you know, every day and every experience, whether you are creative or whether you're a nine to fiver or whether you're both. And we're going to talk about being both. But every day is not, you know, Skittles and rainbows and sunshine. Yeah. um, Particularly when we were going through like, you know, the pandemic, like when we were really, really in the trenches, everything was shut down. It was a difficult time, especially for creatives, you know, thinking about someone like yourself who curates events and, you know, a lot of your creativity is around people coming together. And to have like a big abrupt stop to that, you know, was really traumatic to creatives and it really had an impact on our mental health. So I want to know 
from you, like what was your experience navigating that? And how do you feel now that, of course, uh, you know, COVID is still out here in these streets lingering. However, mm-hmm. we're able to resume some of our normal activities. It was an interesting experience. I'm not even going to say difficult because I honestly learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the world and how it operates. Um, I learned a lot just about so many different things during that time period. So it honestly felt like a necessity to just stop and like really appreciate time and the people that you bring together because we were apart whether it be family or random strangers or this this idea of togetherness is something as humans we really honestly need to survive which is i think really interesting but as a creative it did give me an opportunity to fine tune the things that I cared about in my creativity, which enhanced both of my events, which enhanced how I approach my creativity just as a whole. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it's beautiful. You say it gave you an opportunity to fine tune your creativity and your craft. Yeah. And I mean, you know, although it didn't come packaged pretty, you kind of have walked away from that experience with an elevated ability to create and exist and who you are and what you do. And that's beautiful. Yeah, I did. I got a chance to really understand what I offer to the world, what my gifts and talents are, Um, really understanding that you don't have to compete in order to make an impact. I also learned that um, just because you have good intentions doesn't mean that the impact is going to be positive either. So um, there are just a lot of nuances that I learned about creatives, myself, my approach during the pandemic that I really found value in. That's dope. And you said something that reminded me of a question that I ask often on the show. And the question is, what does the saying collaboration over competition mean to you? Mm, Collaboration over competition. What does it mean to me? It puts me back into a space of why we're on this earth in the first place. Like I look at everything as creativity, like a creative. Someone had to make everything that we use in society. Someone had to have an idea to bring it to fruition, even God, (laughs) you know, I want an earth with people, with all these working elements or all these things, right? Somebody had to have an idea and then execute it. So I see way more value in collaboration than I do competition. Competition, I feel like it's for entertainment. (laughs) Those things are... (laughs) Those things are for like fun and giggles and like, you know, the bragging rights of being a human. I'm stronger than you. I'm better than you. But knowing that we all have value and we all have a place, you know, you might be the best this year, but (laughs) next year or even next month or even in the next two seconds, I can still beat you like that. I mean, it's like watching sports. 
Those things are supposed to be fun, competition, but collaboration. In order to have competition, you you have to have people to come together to even say, let's do this in the first place. You have right. to have multiple teams or multiple people, more than one. You still have to collaborate in order for that to happen. So I just choose collaboration over competition. Any it's day. the collaboration for you at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you know, where, <laughs> no matter how you spin it. And I love that you said to like competition is supposed to be entertaining. And basically what I hear you saying is collaboration is, is a lifestyle. It is. It's the way of life in general. It's not if you're always competing, that means you're always nitpicking yourself. <laughs> like you have to look at the other part, like all the insecurities you have within yourself to be the best, because we all kind of, I think during the pandemic kind of realized that in order to be the best, you have to see something wrong and others and yourself to continue to work on it. But if you accept certain things, you know, in a positive light to work on it and heal from it, we're collaborating, right? Getting a therapist or having friends or, you know, going to Sunday dinners with your family or even this conversation. We're collaborating. I, if I didn't have anything to talk about, you wouldn't have anyone to interview. Right. You're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> so, yeah, so. The people should kind of understand that just a we little. We need each other. More of the story. We do. We really do. We need each other. So you said something about healing. You mentioned healing. And it leads me into my next question. How does your creativity impact your mental health? A lot of times you will hear people say that like my artistry is healing or even my artistry heals or has healed me. What does your specific creativity do for you specifically, your mental health? Hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is showing up. I feel like I show up for others and through my creativity and through the things that I create with my mind or my hands, it allows other people to show up for me in ways that I don't always understand. But, you know, once you think a little deeper or you just kind of realize other things like that's just how I express myself. Like I express myself by bringing people together. Like you said, having events or parties or whatever, bringing people together to show up. So I'm showing up for other people and in return, they're showing up for me. I have something to share or I have something to say. And then someone has a response. So for my mental health, I think it just helps allow me to know that people are in my corner. People do care about me. Um, people care about what I think. People care about my perception of the world or life. Um, someone finds it interesting or someone agrees or someone may disagree and give me another perspective. So again, it goes back to collaboration, which is why I think it's so important. Absolutely. And we all want to have a sense of belonging. You know, I don't want to get all psychological on the people, but mm -hmm. if you look at, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of need, that is one of our basic needs. Love and a sense of belongingness. So um, the fact that you can create community, 
uh, you can receive the benefit of community and it balances you and provides positivity to your life is is beyond amazing. Yeah. Thank you. So um, one of the things we talk about on the show often is balancing your passion and your paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Baby. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a balance for the passion and the paycheck because sometimes the creativity takes a little longer to get to the coin, depending on a lot of things, circumstances, you know, it's just not as cut and dry as going to work, clocking in, doing a set of tasks and receiving compensation at the end of the week for said tasks. So what are your thoughts? What is your experience? How do you manage balancing your passion and your paychecks? Oh, girls, <laughs> that is a ongoing. I think that's an ongoing conversation. I think it's one of those things that entrepreneurship, the thing that I'm passionate about, creativity, um, uh, making memories, making moments and things like that don't always cut the check. <laughs> I'm something <laughs> cutting the check for that, like, <laughs> you know, to make it happen. So it doesn't always balance out financially, but in at the end of the day, it's always worthwhile. Balancing it out with a nine to five. Okay, I just want to say how they're different, but they're both ghetto. Okay, I just want to (laughs) be. They're both ghetto. And I'm going to tell you why. Because being an entrepreneur, there are just so many obstacles. There are so many things that you have to kind of just juggle. Like, it's like, oh, I want to be a painter. But you don't think about management, marketing, all, all these communications, all this saying the wrong thing, wearing the wrong thing, being in the right place, wrong time, like where to present your art, how to present your art. Like you got all these things to think about. Whereas like, you know, a nine to five is usually kind of laid out for you. You might have to create, um, you know, strategies or depending on what the job is, you might have to create some of it, but it's usually there and somebody trains you to do the job that you're fitting into, right? And it's comfortable, you know, every two weeks you're getting this check, your benefits are what they are, if you agree upon them, you know, it's it's a stable life. However, there's no flexibility in your time or your wants, or it might not be enough money. So, Balancing the nine to five with the paycheck. What what was the statement that you said? <laughs> Balancing your passion with your paycheck. <laughs> your paycheck. Who? Some people have mastered it. Um, I've just haven't mastered it yet, but I'm not going to stop until I, I love do. that. It can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. But <laughs> it had. But my passion has has fueled finances into me. Absolutely. I will will say that I have made great money doing things that I am passionate about. And Um, that's a blessing too. That's a blessing to be able to be compensated for your creativity. And I, you know, I talk about this often. I am all in favor of the passion paycheck balance because Mm -hmm. 
you know, everyone's goal isn't to be a full-time entrepreneur. For some people, they want a strategic plan to get there instead of just jumping off the mountaintop, you know, and then some people want to just jump off the mountaintop. Everybody's journey is so different and unique. And that's the beautiful thing about stories. But for those who are in the phase of balancing your passion and your paycheck, your paycheck gives you the fuel to keep the passion moving forward because there is a cost with creativity. You know, there's a cost with creativity. And I mean that literally, figuratively, and and spiritually, you know? Yeah. So it's a sacrifice for both. It's a sacrifice for both. It is. is such a sacrifice for both. So what advice do you have for creatives who are working outside of their passion who want to turn their creativity into a career? I would first say, do your work. Continue to do the work. Do not stop because of life or because it may seem too hard. Like even a little bit is a lot. I just always think we're all here for a purpose, a greater purpose than ourselves. You never know who you're helping by doing the thing that you are put on earth to do. Everybody is creative. Everybody might not know how to use it, but we're all here to like be creative. Whatever that looks like for you is really up to you, but you have to follow like your gut. You have to follow what feels good and feels natural. Sometimes that comes with, again, using that word sacrifice. Yes. This is another question that I truly enjoy. Anybody that knows me, I'm kind of like the self-proclaimed self-care guru. I love self-care moments. Self-care Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for me. Okay. Okay. Self-care, hashtag self-care. So for you, what does self-care look like for you um, as a creative when you're knowing you feel like, okay, I need to be refueled or you don't even want to get to the point you need to be refueled. You want to be maintaining yourself so you're at your optimal level. What does your self-care look like? I really enjoy like spending time with my friends, you know, going on adventures, going to see other art forms, taking a trip anywhere, whether it's a car, train, plane. I'm one of those people, as long as as it's mobile, (laughs) I want to go. You said Um, take me there by train, plane or automobile. Yes, I want. I'm out of here. And I think that that just comes from um, me knowing that no matter where I'm going, I'm learning something new. I'm seeing something different. I'm doing something different. And it just enhances my life. Even sometimes when I'm tired, like I'm like, all right, I'm going to go here and I'll rest when I get there. What else? Like, I love the spa. I love um, just being still, prayer, music. There are so many things that I use for self-care. I think that's just, that's what they're here for. I think we can abuse a lot of the things that we're supposed to use to heal. But uh, I try to find a balance. Thank you. And we only have a few more minutes left. This has been such a great conversation. I do have two more questions to ask you. I'm going to try to get them in there quickly. So 
What is the biggest lesson that entrepreneurship has taught you as a creative? Oh, the biggest lesson. Uh, I know we got such short time. Um, <laughs> the biggest lesson is to never give up. And just straight to the point. Never give up. Never give up. And last question for you is, what are your goals? Tell us about your goals for the future. What can we expect from All Hail the Creatives and Marcus Isaiah? What what you got? I would love to um, be a producer of a multitude of events and um, projects, um, not just over the city, but uh, internationally over the world. Um, I want to travel to curate and create. My plans for all hell the creatives are to just that, do that. And to do just that. You know, we love speaking things into existence. I've had the pleasure of attending one of Marcus's events, the squeeze event of Vision Board Soiree. And when I tell you it's so powerful to get into a room with other creatives and to speak your goals and your visions out loud and then to create a physical representation of that with a vision board. And so Marcus has actually been a witness to the things that I have been able to manifest through the vision board process, even being the host of this show. So Marcus, thank you so much. Uh, for, for what you do, for your creativity and for allowing um, and creating space for creatives to grow, connect and thrive. Thank you so much for being a vessel and a testimony. Um, I love watching your growth. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. I'm so proud of you. So listen, before we wrap up, let us know how we can keep in contact with you, how we can keep up with you on the socials, how we can learn about upcoming events that you may have going on, how we can support you. Yes. So you can find me at Marcus Isaiah on Instagram. You can also find me at All Hail the Creatives on Instagram, and that's Creatives with an S, um, and that's my business page. Thank you so much, and I just wish you so much success. Keep going, keep creating, keep being amazing, curating the vibe. You know, I call you the vibe curator. Oh, so, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> keep yes. curating the vibe, okay? Yes, thank you so much for having me, Sharice. Of course, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming and thank you all for listening to the District Creatives Radio Show. Peace. You've been listening to the District Creatives Radio Show, the place where DC creators meet to discuss arts, entertainment, and the creative economy. For more information, visit dreamvisionreality.com.